Welcome to Revere Assets, Your Money, with Danny Stewart. You never know how far the stock is going to go down. Tim Razor. Danny knows I'm a geek for all of this stuff. And Don Vandenborg. Telling it like it is. If you're seeking the best stock knowledge this side of Wall Street, you've come to the right place. I'm sorry, did I steal your stuff? No, you didn't steal any thunder. Who's handling this segment? (laughs) For the next hour, Danny, Tim, and Don will be talking investing. Investing is 90% psychological, and I love that. Trades. The market will usually overshoot to the downside and to the upside. And dumpster fires. Because it doesn't matter what you think or what I think, and it matters even less what Danny thinks. And now, here's your hosts... Danny, Tim, and Don. Well, starting off, first of all, I'd like to thank Don, Michael, and our guest, uh, Alex last week for covering for the show while I was out. You were gone. I was gone. I, and you know, I was swimming with the sharks. Oh, really? I was swimming with the sharks. Now, I'm not talking about Wall Street sharks. No. I'm talking about real sharks, big sharks. Where'd you go? With, with teeth yeah. and fins. And I went to St. Croix for a, a much needed R&R vacation. Ooh. And it was awesome. And I, I got to swim up close with some sea turtles. And I'm a diver. I've dove all since I was 15, scuba diver. And uh, I got to swim with about six or seven, I don't know, four to five to six foot black tip sharks. And a nurse shark literally was about three feet away, and it was about seven feet long. Wow. It was pretty cool. Nurse shark's pretty docile, though. You don't have to worry. It's not not like jaws or great white. In fact, in fact, I'll tell you, I'm more afraid of Wall Street sharks <laughs> than I am of real sharks because oh, they're, on, oh, they, seriously, they're, really? you know, they take advantage of you and they rape you and they try to, Screw you as a retail investor, and if you don't know how to handle it, it's bad. But, but I will tell you, just back to my vacation very quickly, I, I really, it was a great time because for the first time I've taken, last year we went to Puerto Rico, and and I, I've been trying to get my, my wife doesn't dive, she snorkels, she's got a busted eardrum, she can't scuba, but, and my daughter hasn't gotten certified yet, but, so they snorkel. Yeah. And I've been, they've been, they're dying to see sea turtles, and we've been trying to see them for a couple, the last couple vacations, and mm. this time... They actually got to see about five to six sea turtles up. We went right off the off the pier, right really? off the. We went out from the surf and went out in the pier, and they've got this pier down there that doesn't have a lot of cruise ships. It's an older, smaller pier, and and Saint Croix is kind of cool. It's more kind of local flair. It's almost kind of like going to Mexico. Yeah, it's it's very. It's not like Saint Thomas. It's very ritzy and tourist, and everything's modern and clean and just you know, immaculate. Wow. And then St. John's, this is really exclusive and you got to take a boat to get there unless you got a billionaire private plane. And, <laughs> and, 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 but so St. Croix was kind of a very neat place to go. I haven't been there before. Yeah. And, and we had a ball, but anyway, I just wanted to thank the guys for covering for me. Cause it was, um, it, it was uh, a really cool deal. Now, before we get started, we got to do the, the regulatory, get of that stuff course. out of the way. Yes. Uh, your Money po- Radio podcast covers general topics and investment ideas for you to research. It's for education and entertainment pur- purposes only, and it's not meant to be investment advice. If you ever want, need investment advice, contact your own advisor or reach out to us, Revere Asset Management, for, for your own individual investment advice. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later because because a lot of people don't know what we do. but but let's get back to the sharks for a minute. Yeah. Not the real sharks, not the ones with teeth and fins that eat smaller fish. I want to get back to the Wall Street sharks that eat the retail investors. Yes. That, that, that uh, uh, because of their behavior and, and how do you, uh, you know, handle that? So, you know, lately the market's been pretty tough. You know, we had a big sell off and then all of a sudden we had this big monster rally just in the past week or two. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so a lot of investors that got defensive probably a little too late are now wishing they were in and, and, and aren't participating in this rally. And so they're missing out. Now FOMO's kicking in and now they don't know how to get in. Are they extended? Where are we at? What, what are we supposed to do? Or the people that stayed in the whole time that rode it all the way down are scared. They've got this nice little rally and you know, they're thinking, okay, fine. Everything's okay. But is it? 
and and what should they be doing? They've still they're still underwater by a decent amount, but they're they're feeling a little bit better. But they they still got a lot of angst, and so you got a lot of emotional, behavioral finance issues going on. And so I wanted to reach out to the guys and talk about like you know on the portfolios, how do you help investors to not feel like they're missing out, or you know in, instead of just you know, feeling, oh, I'm relieved I've got some of my losses back. How do you handle that? So, Don, let's talk about that, and let's talk about how do how should clients, or not clients, but but people that are out there listening, because our clients know that we're handling it for them. Yeah. We, we can smooth out the ride and make it much less scary. doesn't mean you won't have losses. It just means you have shallower drawdowns, mm-hmm. and then you, but you got to have rules to get back in quickly. So, Don, let's kind of visit that real quick. Um, and, and talk about how how investors should what they should do to be able to handle these big moves up and down like in the past month or two. Well, first of all, I want to point out there was a shark sighting on uh, CNBC this morning that uh, a client texted me about. Anthony Scaramucci was on telling everybody that if you miss the ten best days in the market, about how your returns are just decimated. <laughs> Shockingly, he did not mention the 10 worst days in the market, which are pretty much sandwiched with the 10 best days. So uh, avoid that shark. I, I don't. The only time I watch CNBC and I advise anybody uh, that's listening, the only time it's worth watching is when there are big economic numbers to come out or a Fed decision. Other than that, it's a complete distraction. It's it's and when you have guys on that say you can't sell, don't ever sell. How does that help anybody? Because those same people that say never sell are going to tell you to buy the dip. Well, how in the hell do you buy a dip when you had never sold? You don't have any capital in the first place to buy the dip. That's those are the worst kind of sharks. Any kind of perma anything sharks, perma bears are as bad as perma bulls. So those are the sharks to avoid, and there was a shark sighting this morning on CNBC. <laughs> as far as advice goes for people, if, if, if you're active and you listen to us a lot, you should uh, have been wading back into the market, wading, W-A-D-I-N-G, after the wading, W-A-I-T-I-N-G, because we uh, broke down severely under the 200-day moving average, the 50-day moving average, and the 21-day moving average. And that trend gauge that we present every night in our videos gives a pretty clear indication of how we are getting in and out of the market. And it's a pretty much a good guideline overall for exposure, for exposure with a risk control component because we're always considering the downside more than we're considering the upside. If you don't listen a lot and you only check your portfolio once a week, um, the, the, sadly, the, the thing I'm going to have to tell you is you're going to have to get more involved. And if, you, if you're if you not very active using the 50-day moving average and the 200-day moving average, eliminate the short-term 21 that we use. Uh, and if you, if you never got back in, you just have to go in little by little. Don't plunge all at once. And if things start working, uh, you ha- you add to it, maybe in quarters or in fifths. Um, the worst thing would have been somebody entering the market yesterday morning after a second gap up. FOMO would have cut you apart because we immediately reversed down lower and it was uh, not a healthy day at all. And it was the kind of day that uh, separates you from your money because you're not disciplined. Buying extended after not being in the market at all is um, one of the worst moves you can make. So uh, there's no magic pill if you're not engaged. Um, if you're out of the blue and you missed it, you've, you've just got to, and you want to get engaged, you know, go in little by little, whatever makes you comfortable. But um, if you spend 20 minutes a day watching our videos, you have a drive anywhere you you don't even have to watch the video you can just listen to it we're pretty descriptive with what's going on in the charts it's probably going to be you know frankly i'm biased because i'm the one doing the speaking but um it's a very uh we give very clear direction on what's going on with the market what you need to be worried about on the downside and what we're looking uh toward on the upside 
Okay, so so a couple of points I want to uh, I want to piggyback off of. Number one, Don made a gr- it was subtle there. I hope you caught it. But so a couple things. Number one, you don't want to just go out in deep water right away. You don't just want to go all in if you kind of missed the beginning of this rally. If it is a beginning, this could be just be a, a bear market rally, and it may roll over and go lower. But if it's a sustainable rally, at this point, you've got to go in in, in, in legs. The second thing is it depends on what you have. You need to have different time frames for, for different uh, restrictions on your money. So, like, if you've got an IRA or a joint account that, that you can actively manage and you can watch it, then you can use in the, the 21 exponential moving average and you can be more engaged and more active. If you've got a 401K where you only have mutual funds and, and they don't offer full brokerage alternative and you, you've got restrictions on those mutual funds, then you're going to have to take kind of more midterm indicators where you're looking at the 50-day or 200-day moving average. And so we've got a couple different strategies for both of those different scenarios, but, but you need to be aware of that. And the last thing, and really the thing that I want to hit home is Don's talking about, look, guys, this is your money. This is, that's why we named the show Your Money. It's your money. Because it's your money, and it's, nobody cares about your money more than you do. Right. So you need to get somebody that cares as much about your money as you do and you've got to because if you've got a nest egg, that's two or three years of salary that's compounding that's going to be, you know, you may make as much in your investments as you make a year at work. Right. And, and that's only going to get bigger and bigger as you get older. And as you get older, it gets scarier and scarier because people don't think in terms of percentages. They think in terms of actual dollars. So when you only got $10,000 and you, you you lose 10%, it's only $1,000, big deal. Mm-hmm. If you got 100000 it's 10000 Well, if you got a million, it's 100000 And in your mind, you go, oh, my God, I lost 100000 a month. What am I going to do? It scares you to death. Yeah. So so if you're going to so – so it's important to be engaged or at least find somebody that is engaged, that cares as much about your money as you do. I, I will tell you, at Revere, we're a fiduciary. We only – represent the client and more importantly don and i the shareholders in the firm the owners of the firm have all of our money in our flagship strategy grotection so we're right in line with the clients right away so when you put your money to have it managed it's right along with our money so like i, I said earlier that nobody cares more than you about your money yeah well, when you put it in the portfolio it's my money now i mean it's it's the same thing i'm doing with my own personal money so we eat our own cooking the thing i can't stand on cnbc is when the the quote analyst comes out and says this is the greatest stocks in sliced bread uh, but i don't own it my wife doesn't own it nobody in my family owns it and the company doesn't own it so we don't have conflicts of interest seriously that. look if you if you really believe in that stock that much and you're telling me to buy it i want you to have skin in the game i want you to be up your eyeballs in it right. but they say oh we don't want to, you know, have conflicts. That's a bunch of BS. The reason it is is because they've got an investment banking side that underwrites for the big corporations. It raises money for stocks and bonds, and they're trying to support the stock. The CEO calls CNBC up and says, hey, man, you know, we're, have, we're struggling with this stock. Our stock price is struggling. You need to get, you know, whoever out there and kind of t- help us or analysts to help pump it up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, so, and so we need you to help us. And that's their client. You think you're the client. You think in watching CNBC, they're representing you and they're a news media outlet that's giving you valuable information. No, they're marketing to you're the product. They're the selling product. you to the to the company or the government or whatever they're trying to underwrite. And it's and, and it's bad. By the way, if you don't believe me, think about this for a minute. So these analysts that are really, you know, these guys go to dinner lunch with the underwriters. You're supposed to have a Chinese firewall between the investment banking side and the investment advice side. That thing is rice paper thin. They mm. see those guys have lunch together and they, they, they say, Hey Bob, listen, you got to go tap this stock. It's kind of struggling and I'm trying to underwrite some bonds for them. But, but, but these analysts, if they're trying to say this company is going to come out with $10 and five cents a share per earning, they're going to, they're going to, this is what their earnings this is what the company thinks it's going to be. I think it's going to beat or it's going to not beat. It's going to be under or below. Well, if you're a really good financial analyst, sometimes you should be a little bit high and sometimes you should be a little low. You shouldn't always be under. 
you know, and I, I don't know what the, the latest number is, but a few years ago, you know, I read the number where supposedly 82% of companies, something like that, it's around 80%, beat expectations. Well, right. if it's statistical and you're, you're doing it, it should be around 52, 48%. It should be somewhere around 50, 50, where they're getting pretty damn close to those earnings. And sometimes they're going to be a little bit high. Sometimes they're going to be a little bit low. Mm -hmm. Just by the fact that only 20% or 15% disappoint, tell you the game's rigged. Yeah. And the analysts are there. And the companies will actually kind of, kind of guide the analysts lower and kind of sandbag so that they can beat earnings and have a nice hurrah during earnings season. By the way, if you go back and look at what happens when the market during earnings season, more often than not, it's kind of a bullish time for the market. And that's just because it's a big pep rally. So, and that's why I'm talking about swimming with the sharks. When you're watching CNBC or, or any of the places, or you're listening to the advice by the big, big Wall Street banks, which by the way, are the sell side. They represent the sell side, the corporation to government. They're trying to sell you something mm -hmm. versus the investor is the buy side. Normally they're investing and there's, so there's no conflicts of interest. So the first thing is it's your money. And I think you should have a fee based only fiduciary that has no conflicts of interest, doesn't get money from any outside uh, commissions or trailers or any of that stuff. And it, it's not that you can't be a good manager for somebody if you're a broker, yeah. if you have your Series 7. But there's still conflicts of interest in me as the investor. Now I got to look over my shoulder and I always got to wonder, is this guy really representing me? Or is it his anniversary and he's trying to buy his wife a nice piece of jewelry? I mean, what? what you're always going to be wondering. Because right. look, we're not, sometimes a stock's not going to work out. So if we buy something and we sell it for a small loss because we keep our losses small, mm -hmm. leverage work, works both ways. People aren't wondering, well, did Dan, you know, did he, what, you know, what? You don't have to worry about that. Whereas with a broker where he's making commissions, you know, buying and selling, you're wondering what is the real reason. Can't help but wonder. Yeah, you can't help but wonder. And so life's too short. It's just easier without conflicts of interest. Okay. But the main point here, the main overall theme of this was actually, are you swimming with the sharks? Mm -hmm. Are you swimming with the sharks or are you kind of insulated? You have a wetsuit and a bang stick and you're ready to, you've got your armor on. Right. So you can push back on all those stupid, stupid stories. Like if you miss the 10 best days in the market, you may, do, do, by the way, all 10 of those days were in bear markets. I'm Every sure one that, of I'll them. I bet they were. Number one. Number two, <laughs> just explain to me, Gon's a seasoned trader. So is Michael. How do you actually selectively pick out that one day and say, okay, we're taking this one day out of all these 20 days in a row. We're going to pick this one out and take it out. Sure, we're going to take this one out and take it out. Yeah. By the way, the worst 10 days in the market, mm. one was like 1932 in, in 1929. One was ago. 1987, the crash of 87. <laughs> yeah. There were a few in the 70s, you know, during mm -hmm. the bear market. Sure. Uh, one in the tech wreck, the economic crisis. Those are the ones. So those big days actually occurred within those bear markets. Mm -hmm. If you can, if you can kind of get out of the way and you won't miss the whole thing, but if you can get out at an eight or 10% drawdown versus 30 or 35, mm -hmm. I don't care that I missed a 4% up day one time. No. Okay. But that's what it, that's what that story is. By the way, Don, a few people push back. And so they did this story and said, well, wait a minute. How do you do if you miss the worst 10 days and the worst or best 10 days? And it's even much better than missing just the best 10 days. Mm. They don't tell you that. No. So, but, but the whole thing is it's just nonsense because you can never just pick individual days around yeah. the continuum. Right. It's, it's not even doable if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. It's not even, it's just a, it's, it's just a, well, just a headline. say something. Yeah, it's right. just a, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's just ridiculous. All right. Enough said. I've, 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 I've beat my bully pulpit long enough. I wanted to take a little bit different tack today. I wanted to talk about a day in the life at Revere because people don't realize what we do. They don't understand. They, you know, I still get emails from people thinking that we're a, like a newsletter that we get paid subscriptions or that they, they don't realize we're an, actually an active money manager because there are a lot of people out there putting out newsletters and they think they get paid by advertising. 
but we're an active money manager that does it for people. And then we go on this podcast and then we do a daily market insights video at night every night the market's open to actually tell you what we're looking at and what we're doing. There's a lot of free value coming out of the shop. Yeah, we're putting out a lot of cool stuff. Well, but, but and, and we're probably the most transparent advisor that I, I, I know of. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're as transparent as we can be. Likewise. Um, but anyway, so very quickly, I'll, I'll kind of go over what I do during the day because people don't quite realize I wear a few different hats. Yeah. And then we'll let Don and, and Michael talk about what they do. But, but so... I get up pretty early and then you get ready and we actually have a conference call, a investment conference call, a pre-market conference call about 45 minutes to an hour before the market opens. And that's with Michael, myself, Don, and Alex Katutas, who was a former employee of Revere. He's still a, uh, a consultant. We still mm-hmm. pay him as a consultant because his, his information is very valuable. He's a sharp cookie. He's a sharp guy. Yeah. And so we have a conference call and talk about not only the economic data and what was released pre-market in the morning or the night, uh, previous night's close, but also what the market's doing, what's shaping up pre-market, what's looking good. We compare watch list who, you know, uh, Michael's got his watch list. Don's got his watch list. Alex got his watch list. And when there's overlap and you got two or three of the same companies, which is very, very common, you're, you got more confirmation. So we tend to, you know, like those ones even more because it's, it's showing up uh, across the, uh, across the board. Right. Yeah. So then after the pre-market call, you know, I'm, I'm in the office and I'm looking at, um, um, I got to kind of review compliance stuff, make sure I'm not going to go into the minutia of that because that's regulatory stuff and it will just grind the show to <laughs> right. a halt and it'll be so boring. You won't even uh, believe it. Uh, but the good news is, uh, Don and, and Michael are so ethical. I don't really have to worry about them doing anything like trying to front run clients or anything like that. Look, we're not a big Merrill Lynch firm where we got to have a restricted stock list and say, okay, uh, don't buy this before we're going to buy this for all the clients. We're yeah. not going to do that. By the way, we do everything as a block trade. So when we buy a position, we buy it for everybody at the same time. So if you're at Schwab, you'll get the exact same price at the exact same time stamp as me and my 90-year-old mother. Mm. And if you're at TD, Don happens to be a TD, you get the exact same time stamp and price as Don. Now, when I say that, Don's got multiple screens, right? Right. So he's got TD and Schwab up on both, and he'll hit submit, submit. So we submit those trades within a nanosecond apart. Mm-hmm. So even though, so there might be very, very subtle differences right. in the trends that maybe a penny apart, because all the stuff we do is liquid. We're not doing penny stocks with, you know, we need certain volume, and I'll let Don go into that when he talks about his his daily routine, sure. right? But so we get, that's kind of get the ball rolling. Then I obviously talk to clients that, that have questions. Although with the newsletter, if they're following the, our daily market insight newsletter at night and they're watching that, I mean, once we started doing that years ago, it cut down our calls by 90% because they get their questions answered. And so, but I, we've got a lot of new uh, prospects that want to think about becoming a Revere client. I call those people and talk to those. And so, for instance, yesterday, I also, I've got a a new client coming on board, got a very successful technology business, and he's doing very well. Mm. But he's paying a ton of money in taxes. Well, he doesn't have a 401k. We're customizing a 401k for him and building a 401k so that he can put in money for him and his wife, who also works at the company. And they can make it beneficial to them while still helping out the employees uh, uh, and the employees. And and not to get too complicated, we're going to do a safe harbor, profit sharing layer do a bunch of stuff, but basically they're going to be able to get lots of money in the plan, way more than an IRA, way more. See, a lot of people think that, oh, your, your maximum you can put in a, in a plan is 20500 That's as the employee. The employer can put a lot more. So people that are under 50, if they've got their plan built out right, they can get in like 61000 per year per, per the owner, right? Mm. And if they're over 50, like Don and I, you can get up to like 67000 per year. Yeah. That beats the hell out of an IRA at, at seven thousand six thousand or seven thousand dollars. Sounds pretty good. To oh, me. by the way, the, the the politicians, little side note, they're being so beneficial to us. They're coming out and saying, you know, for this one year they're t- putting out this bill saying for this one year, we're thinking about upping the IRA contributions a lot. So you can put in like ten thousand you can put a lot more for this year and even for four oh one Ks instead of twenty thousand five hundred, we're gonna make it twenty five, but only for a year. But only for a year. Why? Why? 
because it's midterm elections coming up. They want you to have a good feeling. After the midterms are over, they don't care about you. You're just a little peon. Just be a good boy. And it's not about Democrat or Republicans. It's about the incumbents, the insiders in Washington. Uh, I digress. I couldn't help it. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> had to sneak it in. Uh, you had to sneak it in there. Yeah. Anyway, so I had lunch with this client, a long lunch with this client yeah. and a CPA tax attorney, who, by the way, also happens to be a client, and he's helping us do, because he's going to take over doing the guy's taxes, because his current CPA is really just a historian for the IRS and is not doing any proactive, forward-looking uh, 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 planning. Yeah. Which, you know, if your CPA is just, you just take your information to your CPA and say, here's my stuff. And they say, okay, thanks a lot. Uh, here's the taxes you owe and here's my bill. Yeah. Consider getting a new CPA. Right. A good CPA goes, what are your, how are you structured? What are you, where are your revenues coming from? Where are your expenses? And let's look at going forward and figure out what we can do for this next year, the next two years. Mm -hmm. If you're not planning in advance, you're just going to pay the most. Just, just get used to that. So anyway, I, I did that. We had that problem. Then I go back to the third-party administrators. Yep. The TPAs, the glorified accountants for ERISA plans, 401k plans, because it's very complicated. And I kind of go back and forth with meetings on them on how to finalize and kind of tweak this plan so that it benefits these guys. It takes care of the employees as well, but it benefits these the owners of the company. And so, and then later... If I had time, I don't didn't have time to catch the uh, going into the close last hour call. Sure. If I do, I will, but a lot of times I don't. But those guys have that. Again, I'll let Don say that. So I really am the compliance guy making sure everybody's doing the right thing. Fortunately, we're a small company, and I get to hire the employees and make sure they're ethical. I do background checks before I hire them and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And by the way, you passed, Michael, so you're good. By the way. Uh, no, 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 no <laughs> felonies in three different states, so you're hired. Not sure if you heard. <laughs> but so, so I do that, and then I do the, the planning, the planning. So we actually have a software system that, that downloads from Schwab and TD every, every night yeah. that actually tracks performance tracking, um, all kinds of stuff, but then they also have a uh, – portfolio, uh, like a planning software that they can feed into so that we can run scenarios, social security, med you know, retirement scenarios, education. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I can even turn it on for the client so the client can go in there and put in their budget and play with the numbers and kind of do scenarios. So it's wow. a very cool, it's total holistic planning. And we really don't talk about that enough. Don's right. He, he mentioned to me a couple of days ago, listen, I've got these emails and a few people are saying, you know, what do you guys do? And we really don't talk about it enough because we always try to talk about the markets and 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 um, what the markets are doing and how you, the investor, should either be careful or get a little more aggressive. Yeah. Because the markets, the risk is either high or low, and we've made it so much about them that we've neglected to explain how we can help them, and so they don't really know what we do. And obviously, we talk about the portfolio management, but we don't talk about the other planning and. I mean, we're a complete holistic planning firm, and I just and I've got a deep background in accounting and estate planning, and all the way to family limited partnerships, family foundations, wills, trust, all that kind of stuff. We never talk about that because it is so boring, and it would grind the company uh, show to a halt. <laughs> but anyway, so now, so that's my spiel, mm -hmm. self-serving. Sorry, folks. No, no. But now I'm going to throw it over to Don. And then Michael about their day and because the, their day in the life is much more fun. That's right. Because they get to do the market stuff. So Don, you're up, brother. So my day uh, starts off on uh, doing a bunch of administrative work. We start there are files that we download from TD and Schwab uh, that update all of the positions and the sizes of all the various clients. And that's done primarily to a uh, make sure that we know the correct amount of shares that we're buying when we do a block trade. Dan talked about block trades before. So if we decide we want to buy a 4% Apple position, this tells us to the dollar the number of shares that we need to buy. And then the software allocates it, as Dan said, the same price for everybody, uh, including the partners in the firm for the, same, for the same clients. It's all bought at the same time. Uh, so that's those spreadsheets get updated on some files right uh, right out of the way. Um, then I'm looking for uh, pre-market news and 
how that might impact either how we're positioned or, or potential positions that we're looking at. Uh, I create the tail of the Tate tape template. The, the, we call it the TOT in-house, T-O-T-T. That's something that we update for every single one of our videos. So we copy the previous nights over, um, get rid of uh, things and get it blanked out basically to start the day fresh, update the various levels on all the indexes that we're watching, um, set our expectations for the day depending on how the market closed, the state of the market across the various time frames. Uh, we don't predict, but we have certain expectations. Uh, I also want to know something I recently added to the tail of the tape is uh, from an emotional standpoint, what do I, what pitfalls am I trying to avoid? What would make me, uh, what do I want to focus on or be cognizant of that would make me possibly make an emotional decision instead of a data-driven decision? So the TOT is all uh, updated. Then we look for um, assimilation of new clients because we don't just plunge new clients right into the market. We one of the last thing is we want is a client that comes in and immediately uh, goes red or suffers big losses. So we're monitoring the holdings of new clients, making sure that they're profitable profitable before we add existing positions with the with the goal of getting them uh, fully assimilated in uh, four to six weeks uh, versus what our full positions are for uh, all other clients. And then as Dan mentioned at 8.45, so all this is done before 8.45, 8.45 Eastern time is first call with Dan. We discuss whatever uh, business we need to uh, discuss, whether it's onboarding of new clients or regulatory issues or um, anything in the news that might in, impact us from a business situation. And then at 9 a.m. is the call with the full team where we talk about what our expectations are for the day, what we're watching. Uh, both bullish and bearish. We, we always want to question our assumptions with what's going on in the market and be ready to move contrary to how we're positioned. And um, I, I didn't mention that before that 845 call, I go through all our positions and make sure that all the alerts are set, not only the positions, but things that, we're, that are on our watch list, make sure that we've got proper alerts set so that uh, when the market opens and all throughout the day, if something that we had pre-planned for, the alert gets fired off, we want to make sure that we're alerted to it so we can take action if it's necessary. And that's really something that we're doing all throughout the day is alert maintenance, uh, maintenance on our watch list, uh, research on individual topics or firms, uh, assimilation of new clients, and just a, an, an exchange of ideas constantly going on uh, between the team. Um, after the market opens, I'm uh, I tune into IBD Live. This is a this is a really good. We've got a um, a process that's built on uh, William O'Neill's approach to the markets, and IBD Live is a great way to discuss uh, or to listen to what's going on in the market. There's they they do a good job between ten minutes before the market open of uh, updating any news that we might have missed in our pre-market uh, reviews and really hammering home the, um, the the process, the the details of the process, making sure that, you know, you don't get lazy or you don't take something for granted. So it's a good uh, overview that runs for the first 90 minutes. I'm usually listening to that in the background while uh, we're monitoring what's going on with our portfolios or anything that we want to buy. Um, and you know, updating our leaders and laggards, it really alert maintenance and watch watch list maintenance is uh, is being done all throughout the day. At 10 o'clock and at 10:30, I I take note of uh, the ranges. What were the, what was the opening 30 minute range? What was the opening 60 minute range? Because that kind of sets the tone. If you break below those opening ranges, that kind of means that the bears are in control for the rest of the day. If you break above them, that means the bulls are firmly in control. So right now our opening ranges were 42.23 to 42.36. We're trading at 42.44 on the S&P. So the bulls, uh, and this was after a gap up this morning of a half percent. Bulls are in control right now. If we fall back into that range or break below that opening range, that's something that we want to know about uh, because it, it might dictate a shift in uh, who's in control of the market, bears versus bulls. 
And uh, then periodically throughout the day, I have calls scheduled with Michael, Alex, and um, we we exchange ideas, get in, discuss uh, what's going on, and uh, and it's really just a follow up to the uh, the texting that we're doing back and forth uh, for what we're seeing in the markets. But talking things through is very beneficial uh, to what's going on. And all throughout the day, I'm updating the tail of the tape with different. Uh, notes, any news that would come out, the different levels that we have, the opening range, did we break it? What are the lows and the highs of the day? What are the sectors that are outperforming or underperforming? And uh, what buys or sells are we doing in-house? That's that, that goes back to the transparency that Dan uh, mentioned about uh, how we talk each night about how we're positioned and uh, why we sold something or bought something and um, uh, what we're looking at with a focus on the 21 over 21 list, probably 80% of our new buys uh, come from that 21 over 21 list. And I'm constantly making notes throughout the week as far as what will need to fall off of it or what's a strong candidate to be added into it. Uh, and that 21-21 list gives us a good, uh, keep our finger on the pulse of the market by keeping that updated and then keeping a list of names that are getting stronger or getting weaker. So that's pretty much my day. And then after the close, um, Review all of the stats from 4 to 4.30, usually start the video between around 5 o'clock um, and produce the video uh, recording. My videos have usually been about 20 minutes lately since we added tail of the tape to do a little bit of a deeper dive uh, to what's going on and um, do the post-production uh, process, getting the video ready to get it out on social media, uploaded to our website, uploaded to YouTube, put out on Vimeo, get our email alert set out to everybody that's on our mailing list, and uh, usually wrap up probably around between six and seven at night. And uh, it's a long day, but I love every second of it. I feel I'm one of the most fortunate people in the country to be able to doing do something all day that I that I absolutely love. I remember sick feeling in the pit of my stomach on Sunday nights when I was working in IT that I'd have to go back to that job Monday morning and it just never happens right now and like uh, I feel like I'm Lou Gehrig from that standpoint uh, one of the luckiest men in the world and I'm, I'm very fortunate to be with the people that I work with and uh, doing the job that I do and interaction with clients especially when we get letters saying you know thank you so much for protecting our downside I really sleep well at night that's really sums up what we're doing at Revere. We're, we're not only protecting our individual financial future, but we're protecting it for hundreds of people that um, our clients or listen to us. And that, that, that's a good feeling because as Dan said, the sharks, the Wall Street sharks are swimming everywhere and people need to be protected from them. So that's my story. Don, so I'd like to, I'd like to jump in and make one couple comments on a couple things Don said, because it's, they're very pertinent. By the way, that spreadsheet that Don's talking about, Don actually has an IT background, as he said. He actually built a spreadsheet that is amazing that he does a download from Schwab and TD, and it immediately takes every position in every, so he knows every single position that every client knows, and we can literally put in the price of his stock in one cell, the ticker in another, and say we want to buy five, 4%. Put 4% in another, and it'll go... Buy 20,400 shares at Schwab, buy 20,406 shares at TD. And then it'll even say, because this guy transferred in, a new client transferred in, and it says sell down 20 shares because he's a little bit over 4%. He's 4.3, and it tells us to sell down. And we'll say, well, that's extemporaneous. We don't. Or if it's too big, if he's got a huge position, we might trim down. Mm. But, it, but it lets you know. So we're constantly monitoring. And that kind of dovetails with my other comment. Because I get this all the time. Clients go, what do we do when we're about to transfer in? Do I need to liquidate everything before I come in or did I, yeah. do I need to? Well, it really depends on the market because sometimes if the market's very, very dangerous, you transfer over, there's a blackout period where you can't make any changes for three or four or five, six days on either side. Right. And so if the market's kind of tenuous, I might say, you know, raise about 30, 50% cash just in case, be a little defensive. Sure. But the main thing is when, when securities transfer in, when stocks transfer in, first thing Don does and, and Michael do, they look at it and they go, okay, this is a dog, this is a dog, this is a dog, sell, sell, sell. These three are acting right. And so Don will set alerts of where they would sell. Like a, 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 we don't use hard stops. We use alerts and then we can do, put in an order to sell it because 
the sharks on Wall Street know where your stop. The old adage on Wall Street is the market makers know where the stops are. The, the old adage is, oh, well, don't worry, there's always the stops. So they take it down just to that stop. You get hit and the thing races up. But in any event, so he'll keep the ones that are acting okay for the time being. And then he looks at the stuff we have. This one's on profit watch. This one's on profit watch. They're extended. We're, we're not going to buy those for you. This one's a dog. It's not acting right. It may have a 2% loss rate, but we're, we're about to sell it maybe. That, you're not going to get that. These three are still within buy range. Mm-hmm. This is 1%, 2% higher from where we bought it. We can buy it. This one's 2% lower. We still like it. Chart looks good. We can buy it. And so it, it, it may take two weeks to two months to get you homogenized. And that really is market dependent, what the market action is doing. And so it's not just see it, the brokerage firms, it's not the investment business. It's the changing of the investment business. So when you transfer in, they sell everything you've got lock, stock and barrel immediately. And they buy all their stuff because they don't get paid unless you own their stuff. Right. Okay. And by the way, cash is not an asset class anymore because the, the interest rates are so low, even with this bump up in interest rates, they can't get paid on money market funds. So they tell you cash is trash. It doesn't, that causes conflicts of interest again. Mm-hmm. Okay. We get paid whether you, what you, it doesn't matter what you own. We're not structured that way. We're fee-based only advisor, period. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, those two things, and I like that tail of the tape. It gives a new definition for what a hot toddy is. Tail of the tape. But, tail of the tape. Tail of the tape. <laughs> T-O-T-T. Toddy. All right. Alex. Oh, one last thing. People, we have a contact button. Stop on our, calling Michael Alex. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Michael. Um, the, 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 the contact us button, I want to clarify this because I think there's some misconfusion. People, misconfusion. Misconception. Yes. People think that I, so there's a few people that are putting like notes in there about market action, and they'll put Don's email address in there thinking that that sends to Don. Yeah. Contact us means you put some notes in there and you put your email address in there so that we can respond to you and give you an answer. If you don't put your email address in there, we don't, we can't answer you. We don't know how to respond to you, but all those contact us go to me because again, I'm the compliance guy and then I will send it to the appropriate person. If it's meant to be for Don, I'll forward it to Don, but we can never clarify or give an answer one way or another if it's one of our email addresses. So put your own email address in. I, we're not going to browbeat you. We're not, we don't market. We, it's up to the client to reach out to us. So if you sign up for our newsletter, we don't email you. We don't browbeat you. It's up to you to reach out to us for help. All right. Enough said. Michael. Michael. That's it. Not Alex. Yes. <laughs> not Alex. Not, we'll start Michael. calling him not Alex. Not that, Alex. That's, that's his new name. Perfect. Not Alex. Hey, not Alex. The other West Coast guy. Yeah, the other West Coast guy. The other West Coast guy, yeah. So I I will say if if you do plan on working in finance and you live on the West Coast, you you better really love what you do because the hours um, start very, very early. I I start my day at 5 a.m. because everything, yeah, I'm obviously three hours behind everyone on the East Coast, which is where um, finance is centered in this country. Mm -hmm. So... My day starts at 5 a.m. I wake up um, on my phone. I have an app where I can see uh, the, the futures and what's going on with um, the indexes and commodities, bonds, dollar. I can see everything on, on this um, app. So I go ahead and look at that first and see if there's any um, serious moves. Um, then I go on my computer, log in, and um, I have various different websites where I, where I get my research from um open them up see if there's any news um i like to i I switch back and forth between the economist and the wall street journal and i uh, reference um those as well as um just uh like investors business daily different websites to see um what what the trending news is um if there's anything significant to look at um i then write down important notes um in terms of economic news um where the the indexes were overnight, the overnight highs, the lows, um, where we're currently trading, uh, what what I'm looking at for the rest of the day. And then once I do that, I get on the call at, at 6, um, 6 a.m. With, with Don, Dan, and Alex. Um, 
we have that that market call where where we all share our thoughts. So I talk about what I was looking at, what research I've done, what I've seen, what's important. Um, and then after that call, uh, during the day, I spend most of my time doing fundamental analysis and, and research on potential investments. So at Revere, we we are very technically driven. We we do um, we do base a lot of our investment decisions on on the um, the characteristics of the chart and what the stock actually looks like, supply and demand, volume. Um, but to take that a little further, looking at a chart isn't enough. So I, I do dive uh, pretty deep into the fundamentals of the company. I'll look at any SEC filings um, that are out, any quarterly reports, their annual report, investor presentations. Um, I have a Seeking Alpha account, so I go through that and just see if there's any interesting reports um, that I, or information that I, I may have missed or didn't know enough about myself. Um, I'll go on the company website and just see what it looks like, see if it's interesting. Um, and then based on that, um, then I come up with, uh, keep updating my watch list and, um, have another two calls with Don throughout the day. So after, um, at, at 9 AM, uh, we, we speak again about, um, any developments, any, any trades we're thinking about taking. And then at noon, similar kind of thing, just to wrap things up, um, we, as well as the, the accounts that are um, all managed together on um, uh, through, through, through an account that, that the trades can be, be blocked and then um, allocated, I, I have to go in and um, every time Don makes a trade, I have to go into these separate 401k accounts and input um, the trades manually. Um, so that's something I do as well. Um, if we're pretty active, I spend a lot of time during that, doing, doing that during the day. And then... Um, after the market close, I make a, a little video, just like Dan, I've been making practice videos at the moment, just because um, I, I only just started two weeks ago, but probably next week or the following week, um, a few times a week, I'll be posting my videos where I do a summary of uh, the action during the day, any trades we took at Revere, what we're looking at, what um, certain key moving averages, certain economic events, um, just any, anything that can really affect the market that we think is, is critical. And, um, then once I've done that, I spend the rest of the evening, um, again, updating my watch list, screening on MarketSmith, um, seeing I have different screens on MarketSmith where I can do a screen based on relative strength and see which uh, stocks are, are performing the best in terms of their relative strength. I can go through earnings, see which stocks have the greatest earnings growth and and momentum and then going through all of that then i pick the ones and add them to my own uh 21 over 21 list that um that then i i use that to um to like um classify the the best opportunities and then again the next day i'll go into that fundamental analysis and really do some research on the company to see if it's um if it's more than just a good looking chart um and I'm also studying for my CFA. So in the evenings, I spend a couple hours doing that because I'm taking my exam in November. And um, I try to be in bed by 10 p.m. because I'm up so early. And that's, uh, that, that's, that's pretty much my, my whole day. All right. Well, I appreciate it. By the way, folks, when he's talking about the phone call at 9 o'clock and, and then again at noon, that really is kind of Don's noontime going, heading into lunch and the pre-market call an hour before the, the close. Um, and he does a lot of fundamental research because the fundamental research feeds into the watch list. You have to have certain fundamentals to even make it to the watch list. And from there, then they screen all of the, the stocks that made it on the watch list for technical approval, technical analysis for timeliness. So just because it's a good fundamental stock doesn't mean it's timely right now. It doesn't mean it's a good, you've got to separate a good stock to make money versus a good run business that may just not be timely at the moment. So that, um, that, is, that is such an important concept because William O'Neill said, you know, you can have two identical charts. It's not the chart that makes the stock a double. It's the story behind the chart and that fundamental analysis and, and the N in CanSlim, new product, new uh, economic situation, new management, uh, those are the things that drive 
uh, the demand in stocks when you're in a bull market. And that's what separates the leaders from the laggards is the fundamentals behind the chart. Very Ex important concept. Exactly. And, but with that said, then again, price is truth. Now, yes. price, price should reflect those good fundamental stories. Right. We, if, we yeah. buy, as a, one of my rules from last week, we buy on fundamentals and technicals, but we only sell on technicals. That's exactly you gotta right. Have the You've got to have the end to get in the door. Uh, but even with the end, you'll be shown the exit if price <laughs> doesn't support the thesis. Right. Like we always say, it's okay to be wrong. It's not okay to stay wrong. Now, right. so, so we're about to go into the market, uh, the market recap, like what we're seeing right now in real time in the markets and kind of the strengths and weaknesses. But before, right before I do that, I want to ask you a question, the listener. Is your advisor... Hopefully he's not a broker, but your advisor, are they watching your money as closely as this? Or are they out going and playing golf and, and just, you know, just mingling? Is he an asset gatherer or is he a technician in the markets that's finally tuned into the market and watching the account any closely anytime the market is open? And when you call him and say, what did you, why did you do this? Oh, well, because we bought this, it broke up on high volume on, you know, I mean, can he answer those questions? Can he answer what, where the indexes are and wh how much risk is in the market and why you either have, you're fully invested or why you have 25% cash? Or does he hee-haw around, him haw around and say, uh, let, me, let me get back to you because he's got to call the mutual fund manager because he farmed out all the management and he's not managing it in-house. That's the question you need to ask yourself. Well, so with that in mind, we're going to go to Don right now and we're going to review the markets. And then Alex, I mean, uh, Michael, not Alex, not a, now not I got Alex. it in my head. No, no, now you're, now now you're starting. Okay. So we're going to go to Don and then not my, not Alex. I was almost said not, not Michael. Not Michael. And, and when you hear these guys, does your advisor sound like he's in tune or her sound like he's in tune with the markets to this degree? All right, Don. So the big, uh, the big economic news this week, everybody was pointing to Wednesday morning, was the inflation data uh, coming into. Uh, there's been a lot of people talking about peak inflation. Uh, two CPIs ago, inflation disappointed, meaning it was higher than uh, was expected, and the market took a big leg down. Uh, the prior CPI report, the, the news was a little bit less bad. The market worked its way higher. And this past Wednesday, we had a CPI report that uh, was better than expected, indicating lower uh, inflation and the market that, that kicked in another uh, leg up. So then the question is, is that, a, is that a bull trap? Are we just trying to suck the bulls in and then the market's going to go lower? Um, and the, the evidence right now was a higher day on Wednesday. Good reaction to the CPI was a gap up, closed well. Then we had PPI Thursday morning, which is producer price index that also supported the CPI uh, data. And we had a gap up at a negative reversal. So now you, got, you have to start thinking, is this a bull trap? Are we gonna head lower? Uh, but Friday's action has been uh, very strong. Big, uh, great action in leading stocks, uh, a higher high in the indexes and nothing that would uh, make us head for the exits. We did put a little bit of a hedge on Thursday on that negative reversal, just because we wanna be prepared. We don't wanna be overly, uh, overly exposed uh, in case that we had another day where we were heading lower follow-up for that, but there has been no follow-up selling. Half of the hedge is gone. If we stay strong into the close, the rest of the hedge will be gone. Now we're coming up on the 200-day moving average. The, the mid-caps actually touched that level yesterday. Do you want to switch to charts, uh, Zach? Got it. Here's the mid-cap index. This was the first one to hit the 200-day moving average. Uh, still a little bit below it today. You can see our alert set in case we get back to it. Let's go to the S&P 500. 150-day moving average, which is another key level. We got back above it yesterday, but rejected it. Um, 
this is a big Stan Weinstein level, if you're uh, familiar with his work, Secrets of Profiting in Bull and Bear Markets was his book, and he is uh, very similar to O'Neill. He has a stage analysis uh, system where uh, all stocks fall into one of four stages, and uh, the 150-day moving average is a key component of his study. So a failure there is a typical failure point, and then the question is, are we going to continue lower or not? But we're back above it today. Uh, so yesterday's lows are critical in the indexes, both the SPY and the Q. Here's the QQQ came into the 150-day moving average, got above it, closed back below it. Again, that was the spot where we put the hedge on with that failure, uh, but now back above it today. So these are the critical areas that we're watching uh, on uh, the market. Let's take a look at small caps very quickly, right at the declining 200-day moving average again. So this is a natural resistance area. Small caps and mid caps have been outperforming the larger caps for the last two weeks. Uh, that's bullish typically with the market. That's that that's what you want to see. Small caps outperform as well as tech outperforms uh, during the market when the market is going higher. And finally, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is the the least tech heavy and mo more value leaning uh, of the major indexes, you can see that it's been lagging uh, on a relative basis since uh, late June. You can see making lower highs uh, on the relative strength line while price is making. I mean, the chart looks great, but when you have to combine it with the relative strength line to see if the chart itself is outperforming what's going on in the broad market, the S&P 500. And in this case, it's not, but that's very typical when things are up. You expect the Dow Jones to underperform when the market's going higher, it'll outperform when the market's going lower, just the opposite of the NASDAQ 100. So that's what we're looking at on the indexes. The, the key uh, to the close for this week uh, will be critical. That's how a lot of big funds position themselves toward the end of the week, uh, considering weekend risk and where they want to be going into Monday. So that's a review of the indexes. I'll update the 21 over 21 list in, in Friday night's video. And now we're going to go to Michael, who's going to talk about a couple of uh, stocks and a couple of sectors. Uh, and I'll run the charts while he discusses them. Yeah, so just um, I'll start off on the, that growth theme. Um, that that growth was the first one to really get hit and come down in this, um, in this bear market. And it looks as though it, it's the first one to really... Um, recover and it's been leading the way back up and something different now that we're seeing versus what we did see during this this big decline now that a lot of stocks have based and are moving back up is if you pull up roblox for example um roblox had earnings two days ago and you can see that there was a big move down on their earnings they reported no earnings their sales were up but i guess not as much as Initially, people had been or the street had been expecting, but that move it gapped down, and then the rest of the day it just recovered and moved right back up, and then the next day went higher, and that that's that's a sign of accumulation. Um, a lot of weak hands were were shaken out, and that that's a sign of strength that these these stocks are no longer really getting pushed lower on uh on on earnings. Um, the the sellers are running out, and and there are buyers stepping in. And it was on really big volume as well. So that that's um that is a change of of character and that is something important to to notice. Um and now some other some other sectors uh, like sweet SG sweet green, for example. It's not liquid enough for Revere, but it is a um it is a good growth story as well. Um similar action there too. It um it it had been declining into earnings, dropped. And then just um, it gapped down and moved uh, higher pretty much the the entire day, shot right back up on big volume. So if you see that kind of action, that's um, that that's that's pretty strong for the bulls. That shows that that bulls are in control of these sell offs, and we may be running out of uh, sellers at these levels. So that's something important to keep an eye on. Um, other sectors that are doing well. Um, energy especially the um the gas names uh, have been coming back um one that that we bought at revere lng um that that's a really attractive chart it, it's kind of got everything um dan's more of an expert than i am with the uh canceling characteristics but in terms of the the volume action coming out of that base moving out of a pivot 
it um it's got everything you like to see the relative strength is moving higher um the moving averages are all going up it came down to its 200 day and bounced um the earnings are really strong um this company in terms of the fundamentals has a great story a great need for liquefied natural gas um in the future it'll be around um i think it's a theme that'll continue for for quite a while so that's um that's a really really good chart i like there's another company vet vermilion uh energy which is a a leveraged play on on oil and gas exploration they had earnings today also dip they gapped down on earnings and have recovered now and are moving back above that that uh pivot at 2541 so you're seeing a lot of strength in um still in energy uh still seems to be a theme and then for example the fertilizer stocks if you pull up cf um cf had a very a monster run um earlier this year it had gone up uh, almost uh tripled from from the lows in in august um of last year and then into this year uh it was doing well started cooling off around april came down to its 200 day moving average and now it's bouncing and looks as though it wants to uh retest those highs so the fertilizer names are doing well energy and those were all themes uh late last year early this year that were doing well went a little out of favor um and now are, are coming back into play so those are things where we're keeping an eye on and um solar we've already spoken about but solar is doing very well um this is this is mosaic i think and now, yeah, TAN. So TAN is the, the solar ETF. You see that huge volume um, breakout and is just, um, yeah, continuing higher. So we like um, we like solar. Energy looks good and the fertilizers look good as, as well as growth coming back. Um, the market st stocks are basing, setting up and, and look as though they want to move higher. So we, um, we like what we see and we will continue to trade what we see. Uh, this is end phase here. Also, the, this is now a uh, definitely a, a they call them TMLs, true market leaders. It gapped out on earnings, then gapped out again the second day, and it's just been holding very tight. Very similar action to another one that we own in Grotection, LNTH. Um, that at the beginning of its move, if you look um, a little earlier, so back in back in February, it had that gap, moved higher and then was holding really tight in that area. And that was back at $48 and now it's over 80. So that's how these moves start. They show strength early on. And as long as they hold and continue moving higher, that's um, that's the definition of a, a true market leader. So that's what we try to look for. And those are the stocks that really outperform the, uh, the indexes. And that's all right, all right. All, all right, Michael, thank you very much. Hey, I got your name right, folks. Before, before we go, I just have one question for you, the listener, for you. Do, is your advisor watching the markets this closely with this much detail at the index level, at the sector level, and the individual stock level? You know, one way you can find out, you can easily call him and her, her him, say, hey, what do you, this stock, I got in my portfolio, what's, what's the sell strategy? What, how are you going to get out? You need to know what rules they have to get you in and what rules they have to get you out. All right, enough of my bully pulpit, folks. Have a very, very nice weekend. Be sure to tune into Don's 21 Over 21, the big show. He does that on Friday night. It's a great week recap for the week, and it's a, it's a great, again, you can just go to revereasset.com, and in the top right, you can just hit the subscribe button and put your name and email in there. I promise you we were not going to spam you. Or re it's up to you to reach out to us. If you want uh, any questions answered or you want a complimentary portfolio view, by the way, the contact button next to it, that's for you to put your email address in, not ours, your email address in, and put uh, any questions or comments you have. And that's how to really reach out. The subscribe button, you just go in our newsletter and you get our automatic uh uh, daily market insights every night and you get this podcast delivered into your inbox every morning uh saturday morning when it's available by the way if you want it earlier you can actually go to youtube and just type in revere asset just revere asset 
and that's our YouTube channel. And actually, you'll get it early, I think, as soon as Zach posted. Yeah. And, and it's roughly around 1 or 2 on Friday afternoon. You'll actually get it earlier than our e-blast that goes out normally on Saturday morning. Uh, folks, listen, if you like what you heard, please tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Just send them to revereasset.com. And you can email any of us, dan at revereasset.com, don at revereasset.com, not alex at revereasset.com. I'm teasing, michael at revereasset.com. And you can always um, uh, uh, call us old school at 855-REAL-WEALTH. Folks, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week on Your Money. Barring any misconfusion or extrogenous events. Your Money Radio podcast covers general topics and investment ideas for research. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not meant to be investment advice. If you want or need investment advice, contact your own advisors or reach out to Revere Asset Management for individual investment advice. For more information, just go to revereasset.com.